Well, good morning, good morning. Like I said earlier uh, today, super pumped to have David bringing the message this morning. So those of you joining us online, that's our surprise that I said in the email. Uh, one of our own, David Williams, is going to be giving the message today. It's going to be awesome. Super excited. Just wanted to give you a couple updates uh, for you. There are some construction things about to start happening around here in a pretty major way. So next Sunday, if you're here and you're able to, we are going to have food delivered after service and for us to stick around and eat lunch. And then right after that, we're going to do some projects around the church to get it ready because we have brand new carpet going into the sanctuary. Yes, a week from tomorrow. Yes, so excited. Uh, you know, uh, we were given this building to do, to plant this church in. Uh, so Brooke and I came about three years ago to view the building for the first time. And the first thing I thought was, man, this, beauty, this building is beautiful. And these people took such great care of it uh, over the years. And so for them to just give it to us for free to plant a church is amazing. My second thought was, but that pink carpet's got to go. So it's taking a little while, but it's going. It's going. So uh, next Sunday, we'll stick around. And uh, we're going to clear the whole sanctuary floor. And we're going to move all the furniture out into the hallway, into the back rooms. And then uh, on the stage, we're going to be taking down the big backdrop we have here next Sunday as well, getting that ready. We'll do the carpet in the sanctuary floor a week from Monday. Then the stage will be the Monday after that. So we'll kind of flip-flop everything. Uh, but next Sunday is the big work day. So if you guys could stick around, would appreciate that. And could you flip to that next slide? Just push the, the website, the second one. Yeah, there you go. Uh, as you guys know, connection cards and giving is online, buyandtrustful.com. If you're here in the room, uh, there are blue connection cards on your table that we will use at the end of today's message. Then there are generosity envelopes, giving envelopes back at the coffee area if you'd like to give uh, in person. But the majority of our stuff is done online, so you guys can go to vinetrustful.com on your smartphones and do that. And those of us joining online, you can do that anytime you want as well. So I'm going to introduce to you David. And as he comes up uh, online, don't worry, it's not me in another body. This is David. And we, and, uh, we look similar, which I like to claim, uh, because then, you know, I could be, more, you know, a few more muscles there. But uh, I'm just going to pray for you, and then we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, I just pray uh, for David. God, as he speaks, that his words would be directly from your heart to us. God, I pray that you would encourage him as he speaks. Uh, as he encourages us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh, man, so many good things to be grateful for, right? So many things to be grateful for this morning. I mean, awesome worship. Uh, the blood of Jesus, right? As I'm sitting there, the blood of Jesus, not only for ourselves, but for our children. I mean, and new carpet. I mean, there's just so many things to be grateful for. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I'm grateful for, for good friends, actually, that showed up this morning, showed their support. So thank you guys for coming. So that's awesome. Okay. Um, Good morning, Vine Church. Um, good morning online. Uh, so excited to have everybody here. Um, it's great to see everybody. Um, and I'm just, I'm very excited to share today. So uh, I'll, I'm really excited to I'll try to slow myself down because I, I start to talk really fast when I get excited. So try to slow myself down, take a, take a, take a sip, sip of water, and get okay with those, those long silences. Um, okay. So I want to start by giving you a little bit of background about myself, right? Uh, anytime I'm in a service and I hear someone kind of share about their journey and what Jesus has done, you know, in their life, their testimony, uh, I just, I love hearing it. So I just want to kind of 
start with that and give you kind of the, the broad strokes. I won't, you know, take you to the depths of my depravity, so we'll just kind of hit the, hit the high notes. Um, uh, I was born in Birmingham. I grew up in Hoover, uh, uh, Alabama, here. Um, my parents, at a young age, I was about six, my parents got divorced. And this was a defining moment uh, in my life when my parents got divorced. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but looking back, uh, it was a defining moment because, you know, after they got divorced, they did the best that they could. Um, they got remarried, you know, one of them several times. Uh, but from that moment forward, I never really felt like I had like a, a stable family home, right? And <clears throat> what I mean by that, a stable family home for me, the way I define that is, is, is a home where my mom and dad collectively invested in me, right, and created an atmosphere of love and support and uh, security where I could really establish my identity, right? I, I never, never really felt like I had that after they got divorced. So um, are you bringing me down just a tad? No, thanks. Um, <clears throat> so because I never had, you know, that, that stable family home that I, that I kind of wanted, I, I, you know, I looked for it, right? Um, the rest of my life, I was kind of I was looking for that, that, stable, that stable place where, you know, I felt, you know, uh, um, loved and secured, right? Um, so what did I do? I looked for it any other place I could find it, right? I mean, I looked for it everywhere, um, which really just means that I just I substituted it for other things. That's really what it means. Um, uh, I looked for it in popularity. I looked for it in sports, uh, illicit activities. I looked for it um, in girlfriends. I looked for it in parties. I mean... Anything that was fun, right? That's where I was looking for it. Um, if it made me feel good, I was getting into it. And it, it's not that I was a bad kid. I just didn't really feel like I had anybody kind of showing me the way, right? You know, I just didn't feel like I had anybody showing me the way. Um, so I didn't grow up in church. Um, I didn't grow up in church, but thankfully, I'd been enough times. I'd been to Sunday school enough times, or I'd been to a youth, you know, event enough times to where, you know, God was able to plant some seeds, right? He was able to put a few pieces in place, um, uh, but my relationship, for, my relationship with God, you know, growing up was that, you know, I believed in God, right? I'd been to Sunday school enough. I believed in God. That was really never a question for me. You know, God existed, right? But our relationship was, he didn't want me to have any fun, right? He was, he was a God of rules. And, you know, that didn't really mean I could have my fun and follow his rules at the same time, right? So uh, he, just, he just didn't want me to have any fun. And Thankfully, over the years, though, you know, God had, had planted enough seeds and, and put enough pieces in place that, you know, um, that as I grew up in college, things started to change a little bit for me. Um, I can remember one day specifically saying to myself, I want to know God more, right? You know, uh, through friendships at the times, uh, books I was reading, um, even a tragic death of a young person uh, that I'd gone to school with in my community, you know, growing up. Um, all of these things, you know, God started to shift in place. And, um, and then on January 21st, 2001, I, was, I happened to be in church. I'd been, been going to church a little bit, and I was in church with my dad on his birthday. And collectively, we were in a time of prayer where everyone was quiet, and I was kneeling down, and God just reached out and broke me. I wasn't sure if I was going to start crying as I, as I told him about this. I knew it could happen. Well, there it is. Um, when he broke me, it came out in a, in a, in a, in a series of in, in tears, a flood of tears, and just um, weeping. Um, and I felt like God reached out in that moment and just took everything I've been carrying for years and just took it. Um, and ever since that day, I started my walk, my walk with the Lord. And I've never been the same since. It's, uh, it, it, was, it was a wonderful thing. And... Um, 
You know, fast forward a few years, uh, fast forward a few years, uh, I met the, met the Headleys at a birthday party a few years ago. I mean, I'd like, I think it was like three years ago now. I mean, wow, was, I mean, three years ago. Uh, and, and here I am, and I am so happy to be here and uh, honored to, to share with you this morning. So, um, Because I grew up not having a family, uh, and, and really growing up with a family I felt like I needed, um, it was something, you know, I always wanted, you know, I always looked for it. And, uh, and so I always wanted to get married. I wanted to be a husband and I wanted to be a dad. Um, it was, it was, uh, something that I, that I, that I, that I wanted since I never had it. And through the exceedingly, uh, wonderful grace of the Lord, uh, I met and married my best friend in college, um, uh, Aaron. And in 2003, we got married and five years later, we started the journey of parenthood. Um, and now we have two beautiful boys um, who I absolutely adore, uh, uh, but they drive me nuts. Um, so, uh, but I love them. Um, being a dad is something I've, I've always wanted. Um, it's a huge part of my identity. It's a huge part of my life, my journey. Um, and I want to be a good dad, right? I mean, I want to be a good dad, but being a good dad, being a good parent is just hard. The journey of parenting is hard. You know, and one thing you can say about a journey, right, is that it pays to be prepared, right? Um, you know, I was just talking to Chase this morning, right? It pays to be prepared. He's got this huge, you know, dad, daddy diaper bag. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah. Daddy diaper bag? I don't, uh, uh, satchel? I'm not, it, anyway, he has something. He's got anything you need in it, okay? So, you know, check with him if you need it. So, and I like being prepared, um, almost to a fault. Uh, it's, you know, I get stressed when I'm not prepared. Um, I, get, I get worried I'm not going to have the thing that I need, uh, you know, you can, you can blame it on my genetics, you can blame it on my OCD or just being quirky, but honestly, I blame it on, on Batman, okay? And so, you know, uh, follow me here, wait, follow me here, it's not, not quite yet, follow me here. It's, uh, do we have any Batman fans in the house, right? Any Batman fans? Okay, a few hands going up, right? Batman's awesome. I grew up watching Batman, and we think of a lot of things when we think about Batman, right? He's huge in our popular culture. Um, but we think a lot of different things, right? And see, I'm not talking about your Ben Affleck Batman, right? I'm not talking about your Christian Bale Batman. You saw the sneak peek. I'm not talking about your George Clooney Batman. I'm not, talk- I'm not talking about your Val Kilmer Batman. I'm not talking about even your Michael Keaton Batman, even though, in my opinion, he's, he's the best. No, the Batman I'm talking about, as you've already seen, though, but Batman I'm talking about is your Adam West Batman, right? I, this is the Batman that I grew up with. Anybody grow up with the Adam West Batman? I mean, fantastic, right? I mean, this is where you get the, the pow, the zing, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it, I, it, was, it was fantastic. Super corny, fantastic sense of, of, of style here. Um, and one thing you can say about Batman, you know, even though he doesn't have all the superpowers his buddies has, right, the one thing you can say about him is that he is always prepared. He's always prepared. I mean, look at that utility belt. I mean, it's huge. I mean, it almost goes up to his nipples. I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, he fit... He fit everything in this thing, right? I mean, he had his, his batarang, he had his bat rope, he had his bulletproof bat shield. Even as a young child, some of the stuff he pulled out of this thing, I knew there's no way that could fit in there. I mean, even, and so, I mean, he even had in this bat, bat belt, his, his, his utility belt, an African death bee antidote pill. An African death bee antidote pill. I mean, if that's not being prepared, I don't know what is, right? I mean, and, and, like, he had antidotes and repellents in this thing for, for anything, right? And so the most famous of these being the, the, the bat shark repellent, right? Is anybody familiar with the bat shark repellent? I mean, it's the most infamous thing. So let me paint the picture for you real quick. Batman the movie, if you haven't seen it, it's fantastic, right? Batman and Robin, the penguin's up to no good. They're flying out in, this hel- in the bat helicopter because every thing had a name. Bat computer, bat belt, bat helicopter. So they're flying out to check out what the penguin was up to, no good. 
And, uh, and Batman descends on a rope ladder to, to, to check out this, this mysterious submarine, which ends up being uh, an illusion, right? And all of a sudden, the shark latches itself onto Batman's leg, right? So Batman's hanging from this, this rope ladder. The shark's on it, and he's hitting it and kicking it and doing everything he can. And he, and he yells up to Robin, Robin, quick, the, the bat shark repellent spray, right? It's always, quick, Robin, grab this. And so Robin, you know, climbs down, gives him the bat shark repellent spray. Batman hits it, sprays it off, and it immediately falls off. The shark falls off, hits the water, and explodes, right? I don't know if there's dynamite in this shark. I don't know if that's just a byproduct of the bat repellent spray, but this thing just explodes. It's fan- it was epic is what it was. So if you haven't seen it, you should go back and watch it. Um, but I think, if anything, this just you know, illustrates that it helps to be prepared, right? Um, so I've been thinking a lot about preparation lately, right? Um, we, re- we recently watched a movie called Courageous. I don't know if anybody's seen that movie, but uh, Courageous, same guys that did uh, Fireproof, um, they did uh, Facing the Giants, all these different movies. They're, they're really good. But it got me thinking about being intentional, right? It's a, Courageous is a movie about being a dad, you know, being an intentional father. And so it got me thinking about being intentional, being prepared. And so I took this idea of preparation into my time with the Lord, right? And then so, uh, so I happened to, you know, be reading in, in Exodus. Um, and it's the Passover, right? So Moses called all the elders of Israel together and said to them, go, pick out a lamb or, or a young goat for each of your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Drain the blood into a basin, then take a, a bundle of hyssop branches and dip it into the blood. Brush the hyssop across the top and sides of the door frames of your houses. And no one may go out through the door until morning. Uh, for the Lord will pass through the land to strike down the Egyptians. But when he sees the blood on the top and sides of the door frame, the Lord will pass over your home. He will not permit his death angel uh, to enter your houses and strike you down. This is pretty cool. The death angel, a lot of different versions have like destroyer, corruptor, things like that. But the Lord will keep this out of your home, right? Do you guys see the preparation? I mean, you see the preparation? You know, God is essentially telling this great thing that he's going to do. He's like, I'm going to do this amazing thing. But first, you have to do this thing. And then I'm going to do, I'm going to do this amazing thing. So, so uh, in preparation. So he, he wants them to be prepared. So I started seeing this theme of preparation throughout God's Word. You know, this, this theme of preparation just started standing out to me. And I started asking myself, um, do I prepare, my, prepare myself like I need to? Do we prepare ourselves like we need to? Kind of on a daily basis, right? Should we prepare ourselves? You know, and what should we prepare ourselves for? And really the answer, you know, the answer that came to me was whatever God wants to do, we should be preparing ourselves for so, um, so I had a few thoughts on preparation. Um, the first kind of thought was preparation is not attractive, right? It's, it's, it's just not fun, right? It's not, it's not fun to prepare. Um, like let's say you go on a trip, right? And we do a lot of camping trips as a family. Like going on trips, preparing is just, you know, not fun. We like to be prepared, but we don't like to prepare, Right? Um, you know, going on, on camping trips is, is, is an example. Like, I mean, there's just a ton of stuff to take. You've got to get your camping gear and your food. You've got to know what you're doing. You've got to get all the repellents, right? Um, uh, also, you know, athletes, Olympic athletes, high-caliber athletes, right? Um, we love to see them the day that they perform, right, the, the day that they achieve everything that they've been working for, but there's a ton of preparation that goes into it, right? You know, we don't want to see them, you know, eating all their healthy food and everything else, right? You know, the preparation's just not fun watching that. Even Batman, right, stuffing his, stuffing his utility belt an hour or two before he goes out to fight crime, that's not fun. I'm sure he doesn't think that's fun either, but, but 
it helps to be prepared, right? You know, no is another example that kind of came, came to mind, right? Um, have the next slide there. So, you know, build a large boat. And the Lord comes and tells Noah, build a large boat from, from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside it out. Then construct the decks and saws throughout its interior, right? And then he gives them all these other descriptions uh, or, or, or details to do. And then, you know, then at the end he says, look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die. Now, if that's not motivation for preparation, I don't know what is, right? But at the same time, you know, Noah, uh, it was believed he was over 500 years old when, when he started building the ark, when he got this commandment from the Lord, right? And then it's also believed it took him 50 to 75 years just to build the ark. So 25 years into this preparation, as he's tarring this huge structure, didn't he think to himself, like, why am I doing this again? Like, the Lord said he's going to come and do this, right? I mean, it's just, this preparation is just not fun, but it's so important and necessary, right? Um, what about prayer? Is prayer preparation? You know, I started to think, you know, when we're, when we're sitting in prayer and maybe we're not hearing from the Lord or, or it's just not an, an, an active time as we'd like, you know, is that preparation? Um, you know, what if we started to think about preparation as, uh, you know, preparing, preparing for something, what if we started thinking of prayer as something, not that we had to do, right, for preparation, but something that we were, prepare, or something we were doing to prepare for something that God, that, for God, that, for, that we wanted God to do. Man, that was a lot easier going in my notes, but it was a lot more difficult saying it, right? Um, what if we just changed the way we thought about prayer, right? What if we, what if we went into prayer and started thinking of it as, as a time that God is preparing us for something that he wants to do? right? Not something that we feel like we have to do. Um, you know, when it comes to prayer uh, and, and preparing, Elijah is somebody who jumped out at me. Um, you know, I'm not going to read the whole verse. You can write down the reference, but, you know, uh, Elijah tells his buddy Ahab to go get something to eat, right? And then, uh, then he climbs to the top of the mountain, and at the top of the mountain, he bows low in, in, in prayer. And seven times he tells his servant, asks his servant to go look over the sea and tell him what he sees, right? And six times he comes back and he doesn't see anything, right? So, so time and time again, he's like, oh, go take a look. You see anything now? No, okay, and he keeps praying, right? This prayer of supplication. And then the seventh time, he finally comes back, and he tells him, you know, I see small clouds over the sea. He just sees some small clouds. But what, is, what does Elijah do? He, he, he jumps up, and he exclaims. He's like, well, go tell everybody to get ready. He's like, why, you know, why does Elijah just jump up and get so excited about some small clouds that he sees, right? Because he knows the preparation is done. He's been preparing. He knows that it's done. He knows this thing's going to happen, right? And so he just tells everybody, you know, uh, tells, hey, go, go let everybody know. They better get home because it's going to start pouring, right? And so this is kind of fun, too. Um, you know, not only, you know, was, was he preparing in prayer, but then all, God also prepares him supernaturally, right, with special strength that he outruns Ahab's chariot as they're going to Jezreel. He just, like, outruns the chariot, right? I mean, if that's that's, that's pretty amazing, too, preparation. So, so here we learn that, you know, kind of from Elijah, that preparation took place in those quiet moments of supplication and prayer, right? The preparation's happening during prayer. Um, another thought I had was preparation makes us ready to sacrifice. Okay. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to share this or not, uh, but I, I do want to be a little transparent. Um, the, we were on the church. We were on our way to church. Pace and I, my oldest son, we were on our church the other day. We were driving down the road, and uh, there, were, there were no other car, cars around. There was a gentleman who was walking down the road, and he had his thumb up. 
And so as we're passing, it's just me and Pace, and I'm thinking of all the reasons why it's not a good idea that I stop and, and, and help this person out, right? Think of all these reasons. I, I, you, know, um, you know, it's just, you know, we're, we're running late for church. You know, we're, uh, you know, it could be an awkward conversation. As we're, as we're driving down the road, I'm thinking of all these reasons. I was not prepared in this moment to sacrifice. I wasn't prepared to sacrifice my time. I wasn't prepared to sacrifice an awkward conversation, you know, I just, you know, and here I am, and I want to be an intentional good dad, and we're, we're trying to look for opportunities to, to, to show service to other people, to our, to our children, to our sons, and, uh, and here's an opportunity. I'm on my way to church, and this gentleman, who I have the power to help, you know, I have to make a choice. And so, sadly, you know, I, I, I was not prepared. I was not prepared to sacrifice, so we continue on to church, and Pace and I, we talk about it, and we talk about how bad we feel, and you know, I try, I try to always use these moments as I'm failing to talk to my kids about, you know, why was that not, why was that not a good choice that daddy made? But, but, um, or what could we have done better or anything else? And, um, but thankfully, on the way back from church, this gentleman was on his way back, and we were able to pick him up and, and take him where, where he needed to go and save him a few hours of walking. So, you know, uh, praise the Lord for redemption, right? <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, so, but we have to be ready ready to sacrifice. We have to be prepared to sacrifice. So Jesus, you know, is, is, this came to mind, you know, as Jesus is preparing in the Garden of Gethsemane, preparing um, for the most horrific thing he will ever experience, right? Preparing for the ultimate sacrifice that he'll give in love, right? He had to prepare for that sacrifice. Um, and he did it, you know, with weeping and supplication. Um, Another thought I had, and go to the next slide, is <clears throat> preparation during the storm is too late, right? As we go through these tornado warnings that we're familiar with here in Alabama, as, you know, they're like, you know, tornado warnings, let's, let's get prepared, you know, grab your helmet, pick out your location, your, your, your water, your supplies, your radio, your emergency whistle, all these preparations that, we, that we're supposed to do, and we're terrible about doing it, um, but that you're supposed to have, because when the tornado hits, it's just too late, have those things. So preparation during the storm, it's just, it's too late. Um, it's, it's fairly self-explanatory. Um, you know, uh, the word prepare is, uh, there's a, 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 it's made up of a Latin word meaning before and a French word meaning to make ready. So it's before to make ready. Um, so in other words, you know, we, we need to do the thing before so that we're ready for when the thing happens, right? It, the, the whole idea of preparation is that it has to happen before to be ready. Um, another example, which I think is great, is the parable of the ten bridesmaids, right? I'm not going to read the whole thing if you want to write down the verse, but, you know, it's, it's uh, Jesus teaching, teaching us and telling us a story about um, uh, ten bridesmaids, five that were wise and five that were unwise, right? The wise ones uh, got enough oil and they, they prepared themselves so that they were ready when the bridegroom uh, showed up. They were ready for the party, and the five that were unwise were not prepared. They did not have enough oil, right? So they weren't ready for the party. Um, and so it's interesting that Jesus tells this story, you know, in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells this story in this parable um, uh, right after he's telling his disciples about what's to happen in the future and what to expect. So Jesus is talking to his disciples and teaching them, telling them about what's hap- to happen in the future, followed right, followed after in the Gospel of Matthew by this story of being prepared. I think that's interesting. I think we should take note of that. Um, so kind of lots of things to think about. And in con- kind of in conclusion, um, 
what does all this mean, right? Let's be intentional about our preparation. Let's be intentional about it. Because if we don't prepare, we won't be ready for the journey, right? We won't be ready for the thing that's to come. Um, also, preparation, and this is kind of the biggest takeaway and the most challenging thing, I think, for me as I've been kind of studying and praying about this throughout the week is preparations are perspective. It's a lens in how we kind of view our experiences and our, our journey. We're, you know, we're all in different parts in our journey and we all experience different things and uh, this, this can be a lens that we, that we kind of view those things through, right? Um, as we travel through life and we have difficulties, it's preparation. As we experience stagnation or boredom in our prayer life, it's preparation. Um, as we're dealing with difficult friends or family members, it's preparation. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Uh, how often can we, can we think back, especially as believers, and, and think back and, you know, not know why we were going through something during the time, but then think back and realize that it was a time of preparation in our lives, right? It, was, it, it didn't make sense during the time that we were going through it, but now that we look back, we're like, oh, what's clear now what God was doing? He was preparing me for that thing that was to come. So, so I just want to encourage everyone that... Um, Let's choose to walk through this perspective and lens of, of preparation. Let's, let's let our journey that we're on now, you know, be dictated and be led by perspective of preparation. So, uh, can we pray? Father, thank you that you are a God of, of, of wonder and of love. God, that you prepare us. Father, I pray now and just ask um, that you would open each one of our hearts and help us to think about those things right now that you're preparing us for. So often we go through times and we don't, we don't really understand or know what God's preparing us for. So I just pray that you would just take us in, the, in that moment right now, that you would help each, of, each one of us ponder and think about what you're preparing us right now for. What's that thing you want to do? Help us to think now. Help us to hold on to that experience we're going through right now with a, with a perspective of preparation. That thing we may be going through right now is preparing us for something that you're going to do. And God, it's not a waste of time. Because if you're preparing us for it, it's got to be something amazing, right? And if you're preparing us for it, it's got to be important and meaningful. So give us the right perspective of preparation, your perspective. You know, it might not even be what we're thinking it might be, but just help us be open-minded. Let our hearts be open to that. And let's be thankful and grateful that you are God that prepares We thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was awesome. Thank you, David. No, not at all. That was awesome. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> well, Jeff, if uh, you, I think, and Corinne can get ready.
Uh, we're going to do one more song of worship here in just a minute. But I had a couple of thoughts as you were talking. Uh, I thought a couple of things you said were, were so key. How I think often we pray and we're thinking about the here and the now. And when we're praying, we're not thinking about the future. That God is preparing maybe in this time of prayer for something that's going to happen. But then also the larger the endeavor, the larger amount of preparation it's going to take. And sometimes we want these big things. So, well, it's going to take longer to prepare for those. And, uh, man, that was super, super good. Well, if you're online, we're going to say goodbye here in just a moment. Uh, but before we do, you guys can jump on and do your connection cards online. Here in the room, uh, there's blue connection cards on your table. And every single day or every single Sunday, we ask ourselves this question. What is my next right step? You know, listening to what David talked about today, this idea of preparation and uh, what God wants to do next in you. How is he going to prepare you for that? And then we, we ask ourselves, my next right step, this week I will. What is my next right step? And then we write it down for two reasons. When we write it down, it gives it legs. It gives it action. Like this is what I felt God was impressing upon me, that he was speaking to me during church this morning, during the message this morning, and we write it down. And the second reason is our prayer team prays over every single one of these cards. So whenever you write it down, whenever you send it in online, we pray over this specifically. We pray over your faith journey. We spend time and energy and effort praying for you. But it's also a way to let us know what's going on in your life. It's also on there, on that connection card, is prayer requests. You can always write in whatever your prayer requests are that we can be praying for those. Uh, we want to know about your prayer requests, especially those uh, that have been joining us online at home. We want to know what's going on. We want to be praying for you any way that we can help you uh, during this time. We want to be able to do that. So. Uh, right now, uh, online, we're going to say goodbye. And then in here, we...